This is Josh. And this is Nicole. And this is not an Oregon Transition Podcast. That's right. This is another bonus episode of the Oregon Transition Podcast. Josh, I heard that you've been dabbling in quantum physics and time travel. I have. My friend Tony Stark gave me some PIM particles, and we're going to go back in time. Josh, did you just spoil Endgame for everyone? Uh, too soon? Always. So where are we going to this episode? We're going to go back in time a couple of months, and we're going to be introduced to my friend Nick Casa. Who's Nick Casa? What does he do? Nicole, you're going to love this story, but I think it will be better if Nick introduces himself. Way to let himself advocate, Josh. My name is Nicholas Casa. I'm the Community Relations Coordinator for the Arco Lane County. So that means I'm responsible for developing and maintaining an equitable and diverse training program for employers to teach best practice for hiring individuals with disabilities. Well, what that means is he goes out to local businesses and he helps them understand what is a disability um, in a work context and how can they integrate people within their community. So you met Nick Casa and the voice you just heard was Angela Finney, who's the Director of Employment and Development at the Arc of Lane County. Josh, what's the Arc? The Arc is great. The Arc supports clients who experience disabilities and also supports their families. They have youth programs, they, they provide in-home respite care, they have com community inclusion, and they also have a variety of employment services. Oh, it sounds like superheroes are alive and well in Eugene. Absolutely. Well, let's hear from Angela again, and Angela's going to explain more about the importance of Nick's role with the Arc. Businesses always think, oh, well, I have to have this special equipment or something like that but then how do you build and he doesn't use these words but how do you build natural supports for people how do you accept them within the community and most importantly they're an employee just like everybody else so getting people aware of that and to feel comfortable and confident and to be able to have those hard conversations so nick has some history working with employment providers and and prior to working full-time at the arc Nick experienced working with some of these services. I am a client of Full Access Brokerage as well as a former client of Vocational Rehabilitation. After high school I attended a YTP program. So Nick is a great example of someone who's been along this path of transition. He's started out as a student, has made his way through, and is now supporting and advocating for people um, of all abilities in finding jobs in the workplace. So Josh, why are we talking about Nick today? Well, I'm, I, Nicole, can I be honest with you? Always. I am having trouble thinking of commentary for this episode because Nick does such a phenomenal job telling his story. So I think that let's let Nick tell the story. He has this wonderful story about how he became a self-advocate at work when he ran into something unexpected. When I got the, um, this curriculum, I was super excited because... I'd heard a lot about this curriculum. My next task was to read the curriculum, read the program, cover to cover, and help it to fit what was needed in our agency at the time. There were several pieces of this training curriculum that I kind of stood there and I was like, it had said in a paragraph that student, that individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities cannot be teachers. And I kind of stood there 
thinking about it and I'm like for the last five years I've done brokerage one-on-one presentations I've spoken at diversity and ad- advocacy events for looking in the eye I've spoken in college high school middle school classes about experiencing life with a disability and you're saying to this population that they can't be teachers what have I done for the last five years that's when I started to realize that my values were really being tested it took a few days before I could figure out what to do because my thought was well I couldn't go to my supervisors just yet because they've given me this amazing curriculum or what what is considered to be amazing um and this is my job I gotta make it work but the more and more I've got to thinking about it I realized I'm gonna need help and um help to kind of see if what I'm feeling is just me or if by talking about it they see my issues with it so I brought it to you two individuals in this field that um I consider mentors and I highly respect um and after explaining the difficulty I'm having with it as not only a person who experiences a disability, so not only um, personally, but professionally, they um, they encourage me to not only speak to my supervisor, but to offer some techniques to not only, not, I would say, scrap the program completely, but to word things in a way that make me feel comfortable in saying and make me feel like I could stand behind this curriculum. Honestly, one of them said, you know, to be 26 and to realize that your values are being tested like that, that's commendable. Um, she goes, not a lot of 20-year-olds can really say they have they have had that experience. I met with Angela Finney, who is my supervisor and the assistant executive director of the Arkeling County. Before I tell you the story behind that, I have to say, I, and there's a reason I'm saying this, I highly respect and love Angela and Pam very much for this position. But I have to be honest, the going into this meeting with Angela was terrifying. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Not because... I'm afraid of those two women, but because th- this training, as as to me, this training was important to them, or is important to them. The ARC has spent money on this training, and I felt like I was coming in and saying, I can't do this. I know you spent money on this, but there's no way I'm going to do this. And that's how it felt. Um, and so my fear was, if I go in and I tell them I'm not doing this, then they're going to say, that's it. Okay, that's the position. There you go. What 
hard position for Nick to be in, where he's getting this curriculum that everyone's excited about, and now he's realizing it's not quite what he thought it would be. Yeah, it's it's when he's telling at this point in the story. I mean, he's already said this is challenging my values. But when we get to this point, he is saying there's no way he can do it. He can't do it, and he's got to. When when you're in that position, you've got two choices. You you either go along because your boss is telling you to do something, or you talk to your boss and and tell them why you can't do it. And that's scary. Which one does he do? I can't spoil that. You'll have to keep listening. Fine. <laughs> so he came to me and he's like, this, this isn't going to work because I don't feel like it really um, represents the disability community and there is some things about it that make me uncomfortable. And so we talked through that and one of the things that we came up with was to look at that and to have him use that as a framework to design something new and unique that we could then take to businesses and help them understand the importance of hiring people with disabilities and what that might look like in their jobs. She understood, which was a big load off my mind. I think he felt really empowered. Uh, He has been amazing since then, and now that he has some direction, he's putting together this incredible presentation for businesses. He actually has his first presentation with the Chambers tomorrow which is really exciting and that's that's something that he put together himself versus what we had originally thought because it just wasn't, I'll be really honest, when I looked at it, it seemed like a great template for presentations, but I don't live in Nick's world and having his own unique perspective and being able to come in and negotiate with me and say, this is what's not working for me, this is why it's not working, and this is the vision that I have for the program. So Nick's really had to advocate for himself in his professional life in this story and figure out the best way to to get his message across. Nick did something that many people, including myself, would find terrifying. He had to go to his boss and say, this assignment isn't working for me. He was able to use his self-advocacy skills and his boss heard him and she was super supportive. It's wonderful. And she was a they were able to come up with a new assignment that works which is creating his own content and i heard that that new content um involves an elephant in a room and you got to uh, to experience that elephant didn't you i did my meeting tomorrow is the first training that we have for the springfield chamber of commerce The training they have selected for me to do is called Elephant in a Room. I think when we're an employer and we think about hiring an individual with disability, there's questions that come up that people don't know how to ask. Josh, I want you to take a second, and there's a point to this. I want you to take a second, and you're an employer, Mm -hmm. and you you hire an individual with a disability. What is the one question that's burning in your mind, but you don't know how to ask it? Um, I think I would want to know, uh, that's a hard question for me to ask, because See? I, cause, because I am, I, I, I want to treat that person like I treat See? all my other employees. See? So, this training that we are doing tomorrow, as I mentioned, is called Elephants in the Room, and managers, business owners, staff, have questions 
that they may be a little afraid to ask. And so the way it is set up is we have a box. It's really cool. It actually has an elephant sitting in a room. I've, it's all pretty cool. People anonymously write their questions on a note card. They drop their note cards in the box. And then we answer those questions. The reason they're anonymous, anonymous questions is because these questions can, can range to something easy, like what's the first step to hiring an individual with a disability? To because Fred has a disability, does he have to be held to the same expectations as Mary, who is an able-bodied employee and has no disabilities? What a great story from Nick today. Josh, what can, what can we have our listeners take away from it? I think this story demonstrates the importance of self-advocacy and the importance of teaching students to be self-advocates. And I think this is something that any student can practice and improve on no matter who they are. You're going to be in a situation where you're going to face something you may not agree with and you have to have the skills to address that concern. And Nicole, isn't self-advocacy also a pre-ed? Yes, Josh, self-advocacy is a priet. So if you'd like support in creating more self-advocacy opportunities for your students, you can always contact the priet's coordinators. The most important thing you can do to support self-advocacy in your students is to just make sure you always keep it in mind. Always put your student first. Thank you for joining us on this bonus episode of the Oregon Transition Podcast. Does that mean we're back in the right time stream? Yes. My friend Tony Stark gave me enough pin particles to get us back to, to the present. And the only disappointing factor is I didn't get to see Thor. Do you think Asgardians listen to podcasts? I saw some data that we're in seven of the nine realms. Hopefully, where Thor can hear us. Well, and hopefully, they all love what Nick Casa taught us about self-advocacy. That's right. So until next time, peace out, pod people!